Carson Wentz's former GM spoke about the quarterback again. We continue our observations from the Washington Commanders rookie minicamp, and the team takes one step in the right direction with season ticket holders. All of that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. Chris, on our last episode, I asked everybody to potentially go out there and throw us a subscribe on uh, YouTube if they hadn't already, because we were getting very close to the thousand subscriber mark and Washington Commanders fans. Uh, you guys are proving why you're the greatest fans in the National Football League because overnight we exceeded 1,000 subscribers, a huge benchmark for any YouTube channel. So we greatly appreciate all of you. And uh, listen, this is going to open up the door for us to be able to show some of that appreciation. More details on that coming at a later date. But until then, I am David Harrison covering the Commander Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host, Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show and on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at WrestleMania621, and at LO Commanders. I know a lot of people say that reminds them of LOL Commanders. I actually almost look at it as Loco Command, like it almost looks like Loco Commanders, which both could potentially fit sometimes with this franchise. Chris, today we're going to continue our conversation uh, that we kind of started at the end of last uh, yesterday's episode, which was already getting a little bit interesting before we had to cut the show. Uh, but Colts GM Chris Ballard dropped some thoughts on Carson Wentz to PFT and specifically Mike Florio. Yeah. Uh, first, I want to say thank you as well uh, no. to everybody uh, for subscribing, listening, watching, all of that good stuff. It means a lot to us. We appreciate it. We try and put the, the best show forward. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we got into this at the very last end, David, uh, so we didn't have a chance to expand on it. Um, and and then we had a couple of conversations off the air, so I wanted to kind of bring it <laughs> back on the air. So Ballard sits down for this interview with Florio, and of course you know, like, okay, the direction of the franchise, Matt Ryan, the draft, but what happened with Carson Wentz in the rearview mirror? And I guess the first question that I would throw back at you is now two months or so after the trade, should Chris Ballard still be talking about Carson Wentz, still be talking about what went wrong with Carson Wentz, why it didn't work out with Carson Wentz, or do we have enough information just to say, everybody move on, you be happy with what you have, and we'll be happy with what we have? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, enough enough has already been said. In, in my opinion, you know, the uh, the trade was made and, and obviously, you know, trading a guy one year after you're, you're leveraging, you know, day one draft capital to come get and all this stuff and the supposed fit between he and your head coach and how that was going to be the perfect marriage uh, to resurrect Carson Wentz's career. And obviously it's not working out. And then you have the reports of Jim Ursay kind of being maybe the, the real driver behind this. And was it personality, leadership, selfishness? Was it COVID related, you know, religion, what have you? Like, I get all that. And, and in the initial, you know, I mean, fans were annoyed with us because we had to talk about all the skeletons in the closet, all the baggage following Carson Wentz. But it's it's a topic of conversation. You have to kind of talk about it. But even us, like we have moved on and, and we don't and I don't I don't feel like anyway that we harp on, you know, well, you know, Carson reportedly wasn't happy. The Eagles won without him on the field. And then, you know, da -da, we don't harp on that. Now we look at 
okay, the arm talent's an upgrade. The player is an upgrade at quarterback position and should be able to unlock this for, you know, looking towards what can happen for the future. And I feel like that's the healthiest way to go about it. And so if you're Chris Ballard in the Indianapolis Colts, again, you have Matt Ryan, who's not a Hall of Famer by any means, but he's been to a Super Bowl. He's had several playoff uh, game experiences. Like you have a veteran quarterback now. I just, and this is just me personally, the great thing about America, the great thing about human human you know, nature is we all have the ability and, and the decision to make these things on our own. But to me, I would want to focus more about the quarterback that I have, the future of the team that I have right now versus continuing to just talk about the negativity surrounding about the quarterback that we shipped out uh, of town uh, going on, what, two and a half, three months ago. Listen, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I, and and I think Chris Ballard can do two things. One, he can shut down all interviews, right? Not and say I'm not going to talk about because I know what's coming. Or he can just say, you know, look, Mike, I I understand the question. I understand it's a controversial thing. We we've talked about this before, but we're just moving on. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's how he can do it, right? But most of us as human beings, David. When we're asked a question, right, especially if we feel like the whole story isn't out or the whole truth isn't out or some context is missing, we want to justify it. We want to Mm -hmm. qualify it. We want to add to it. We want to make sure that people know. And what was interesting about these comments is you just mentioned some of the smoke that has been surrounding this trade and this Carson Wentz situation in Indianapolis and here in Washington since the trade, before the trade, since the uh, late season collapse, all that, all of that is true. And and there's been a lot of smoke and we don't know exactly what the truth is and we probably won't know exactly what the truth is. But the one thing that was unique and that jumped out to me um, and why I thought it was worthy of our time and our consideration was most people, you know, you mentioned a number of different things, right? Religion, COVID, this, that, the other. Most people just assumed, and, and and maybe this is wrong for them assuming, that if the Colts had not collapsed mm-hmm. and lost their final two games, one at home to the Vegas Raiders at Jacksonville in Week 18 in horrendous fashion, and they had just made the playoffs, right? Simply just made the playoffs instead of collapsing and being eliminated, that Carson Wentz would have been saved, and Carson yeah. Wentz would have been fine. And what, what was noteworthy was, and I believe, I could be wrong, This was the first time that I remember Chris Ballard or anybody, any voice of the Colts organization saying, no, 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 wait a second. Uh, Even if we would have made the playoffs, there would have been, he's not saying that Carson would have absolutely been gone, but what he's saying, if you read between the lines is, look, there would have been some really, really, really serious conversations. And there is far from a guarantee that Carson Wentz was being saved and was coming back here, even if we made the playoffs. Now, I mean, I suppose if they went on a Super Bowl run and won a Super Bowl, maybe that would soothe some feelings, but you know, if he was just, you know, in and they got eliminated in the first round or whatever, or, or maybe they want to get, he's not saying he definitely would have been out, but he's saying, hey, there's no guarantee that he would have been here even if we would have made the playoffs. And that to me was interesting and noteworthy. No, it's absolutely interesting and noteworthy because it tells you that it wasn't about the X's and O's. Right. You know what I mean? This was about the relationship in the building, exactly. within the franchise, within the organization. And it doesn't mean that Carson Wentz wasn't a good quarterback for the team. It doesn't mean he wasn't a good leader in the locker room. Uh, you know, you go back to Torrey Smith. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about his comments that he's made 
uh, recently on, on NFL Network, but a, a little bit of a taste of that part of it. Uh, he mentioned that he doesn't know a, a lot of players, really any players that will will tell you that Carson Wentz has been a cancer or a problem on a roster. So a lot of these issues that you have in Indianapolis, it, it's the more we kind of learn, the more it's starting to look a little bit. I know there are some people who are, are basically 100 percent solidified that they believe this is a medical issue and a medical decision making issue. And listen, that that may be the truth. And again, just like Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and Frank Wright and whoever has the right and the and the free will uh, that I'm not going to ever try to, to 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 hold back from them to make statements and, and say what's on their mind. They have, you know, if you're the owner of an organization or you run an organization, that's your prerogative within certain legal boundaries. You know what I mean? But when you're talking about trading players and all that, so like you can trade a player just because you don't like them. In, 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 in our world, we come from Chris, you fire somebody just because you don't like a person. You can find yourself with a lawsuit, but you can trade a guy just because you don't like him. And, and it could just come down to uh, Carson Wentz's personality didn't fit with you know the front office. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, as they say, a lot of, uh, again, you know, smoke and embers and fire here. And I don't know if we're ever going to get completely the full uh, answer, but we'll continue to attempt to discuss the relevant parts of it because I do oh. think some of it certainly transfers or at least the questions over here. All right, coming up next on the Locked On Commanders podcast, David again was at rookie minicamp over the weekend. We have a couple of questions and observations that we still haven't gotten to, so we will do so next with that. Also a voicemail from one of the Locked On Commanders listeners, one of our pals, uh, Todd, in Utah. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source, guys, for all your betting stats and sports information. Find out all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the chase for the cup, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You know, before the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, David, I had a very strong mint julep. <laughs> Probably not the best thing to do to then go and put some money down, but I put eight <laughs> bets down, totaling about $70 on yeah. a few ponies to finish in the top three and a win outright. I thought I was doing good. Uh, and Not then so Rich Strike came from out of nowhere, an 80 to 1 underdog, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and won the whole damn thing. And I lost all my money, but I had a lot of fun. So that that's counts point. for something, yes, right? It's supposed to be for entertainment. It's not exactly. supposed to be how you make your living. So that's exactly. good. Exactly. So you guys can have some fun today by heading to betonline.net and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first view and your first listen of the day. We appreciate each and every one of you, no matter how you consume the Locked On Commanders podcast, along with David Harrison uh, at DHarrison82. As you can see on your screen, if you're watching along on YouTube, I'm Chris Russell at WrestleMania621. You can follow and read David SI.com's Fan Nation for coverage of the Commanders. And speaking of which, David... You were at Rookie Minicamp. Uh, as we mentioned, we're going to get to that in a sec. But one of the stars of Rookie Minicamp was, uh, if you could have a star, <laughs> his fifth-round pick. Certainly, it's one of the stars of the draft class. Let's put it that way. Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina, and it changed around the prism and how most people are viewing. Uh, our buddy Todd Utah weighed in on the voicemail line. Uh, and then we're going to react, and then we're going to get to more of your observations from Rookie Minicamp uh, on Friday. So why don't we queue up, Todd? When it comes to the idea of uh, you know drafting Sam Howell, 
uh, is our new uh, quarterback, or one of our quarterbacks, I should say. Uh, I really think he kind of comes into this situation in a really kind of an ideal situation because he's coming in as the QB3, at least on paper. Uh, but he's got the option, he's got the ability to grow and, and develop the rapport and, and show his work ethic and show his skill set to the, the coaches without all the pressure that comes in with being a first or a second round pick. Uh, you know, and, and the fans and the media and everybody wanting to don him as the QB1 before he's ready. Uh, this actually gives the coaching staff a chance to find out what skill sets and what things and how he has, and to develop some of those skills that before he actually spends time on the field uh, and finds himself you know, treading water, which most new quarterbacks tend to do, uh, aside from you know, a few of those elite rookies that are ready. Uh, so in my opinion, I think it's a good opportunity for him. I think it's a good chance to, to kind of develop and work with him and, and build a good team uh, around him. Uh, or build a good team while we're developing it so that when it's his chance to, to give it a go, he's got the best opportunity for success. So that's kind of my take. I hope I hope uh, the best for him. Uh, hope the best, obviously, for the, the commanders. Uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Thanks for your time, Todd. Keep talking. All right, Todd, thank you very much. We appreciate you as always, and you guys always have a voice on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Coming up at the end, we'll tell you how to get a hold of us. Um, so, David, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I think Sam Howell does come in here with very, very, very little pressure on him. You know, again, as a fifth-round quarterback, you can easily, if you're the coaching staff, justify this guy should not see the field unless things go woefully wrong. So we need to be patient. We need to develop him. The only thing that I keep circling back to in all of this is, and wondering is, you know, Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke both have extensive injury histories. Now, both yeah. managed to stay completely healthy last year, right? Which is, you know, something of a, a, a thing. You can't guarantee that it'll happen again. Um, so that's the only way I could see the timeline and the pressure being accelerated here. Otherwise, this is, if I'm Scott Turner, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm like, okay, we're going to feed him and we're going to, we're going to teach him, but we're going to do it at a, a, a different level than certainly we will have to, again, for Carson Wentz. Now, they won't have no. to do the same thing for Taylor Heineke because Taylor Heineke has been in the system and knows he just can't do what they want to do, which is stretch the field on a consistent basis. Right. Wentz, they're having to teach the whole system, the whole terminology, the whole scheme, but they're having to do it in kind of a pressurized bubble with limited practices and so on, whereas they don't necessarily have that for Sam Howell unless something bad happens. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's that's kind kind of always the the what if, you know, and then uh if, if even if it's not injury, you know, if the team starts to struggle out the gate, how much pressure is there going to be uh, on Ron Rivera from from the front office, from, you know, the the ownership, from the leadership inside the building uh to put the 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 more attractive young, you know, the, that's it's just the nature of the business. We see it time and time again where people draft a quarterback and they say, "Yeah, you know, we're going to let him grow." And then by week 4, apparently he's already grown. Like that's just you know, they, they fed a miracle grow and now all of a sudden he's an NFL quarterback. So it's just, right. uh, 
you know, being a fifth round draft pick, not the way Sam Howell, you know, probably would have wanted to start his career. He's saying all the right things and, you know, not worried about that. And that's that's great. And I think that's a smart thing to do. Uh, but, you know, if he had his choice about it, he probably wouldn't wait till the fifth round to get selected. But it's, it is. Let, let me let me jump in and ask you this: yeah. Does just that fact that he's a fifth round pick as opposed to a second or a third round pick, like automatically reduce the pressure on Ron and Turner if if things go wrong? And and Ken Zampezi, I think it yeah. does. I mean, yeah. you know, the fan base might not allow it because they might just be, you know, they're just always aching for the next greatest thing. Right. But I think I wonder from Dan's perspective and from you know. I guess, com uh, common sense perspective, again, Sam Howell just being a fifth round pick as opposed to being a second round pick isn't a big, I think it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think, I think, I think that does make a difference. I mean, to be quite, quite honest, from my perspective, what Dan's perspective should be is he's got bigger things to worry about. He needs yes. to let the football operations people worry about the football operations, but yeah, fans are going to be incredibly, you know, impatient, but I think that it, you know, it's, it, it, they're not going to be as patient as, as with Sam Howell's a fifth round pick, if he weren't kind of projected to be like a second round, first round guy, you know what I mean? So it'll be kind of a, a little bit of a blend, you know, like if it's a typical fifth round pick, the fans really aren't going to be claiming for him at all. But because this is a fifth round pick that was getting mocked in the first, second rounds of the NFL draft. And then even now afterwards, like all the reactions are, no, he was still a day two guy. And even, you know, you, you asked Martin about it a little bit, you know, there uh, during the draft weekend, he didn't really come out and say like, we had a day two or a second round grade, but they, you kind of get the feeling they had a second round or at least a day two grade uh, on the guy. So there's going to be a little bit more pressure there than a normal fifth rounder, but also less pressure than a normal second rounder because he was a fifth round. So it's kind of a, an in-between uh, type of deal. But I think it's a great situation, you know, uh, for Sam to, to come into. I agree with Todd that it, it's it's a great situation because all these quarterbacks were considered developmental guys. Even Kenny Pickett, even though he's the most pro-ready, going into a situation where he's going to have to win the job over Mitchell Trubisky and, and Mason Rudolph, if he wins it, okay, then he kind of shows he's already above the learning curve a little bit. But if he doesn't win it, well, everybody kind of came in with the expectations that he was going to need a year or so anyway. And if you're Pittsburgh, you have the fifth-year option, so you have some time uh, to go ahead and be patient. But I think for Sam and the commanders, this is the best-case scenario. Let Carson play out this season as much as possible. And again, if you get to a position play-wise where you just see that it's not working – then you can pull the trigger on that maybe, and you have a a quarterback who's now had a multi-month run into his first start as an NFL quarterback. All right, just wrapping up rookie minicamp, just some quick thoughts. Uh, mm -hmm. What did you see out of Fedarian Mathis? Uh, did anything jump out at you? I know it's hard to watch everything, and an yeah. interior lineman at that. I mean, quick off the line, you know, as best you could see, I mean, a lot of his reps were against trash cans, so it's it's yeah. a little bit more difficult, you know. They, they don't they don't often push back is what Yeah, yeah, trash they've got really I've heard trash cans have really poor hand placement, yeah. you know what I mean, as, as blockers, so it's a little Not bit easier. Technique. Um, but you know, they line up, they get down in their in their stance, the coach has the ball on the stick and he snaps the ball yeah. sort of thing and and you want to see those guys get off the line quick, you know? I mean, he looked fast off the line and then when they did get uh, a little bit of work in. He had some really good hands, and, and the hands were a little bit more aggressive than I knew. I mean, again, I'm not a defensive line scout coach, you know what I mean? So I don't know what I expected necessarily, but I do remember watching him, uh, and, I, and I literally kind of said to myself, those are some really aggressive hands. I like seeing that from such a big guy because if he can be that big 
powerful and he can get some some right. uh, some judo chops going in there, then uh, he's he's going to do some good things. Did you get to see anything out of Percy Butler uh, uh, much at all? Or yeah, Percy was more limited just because one, the DBs were were kind of like all the way on the other right. side of the field and from the corner to us, like limited to where we could go. Um, but the good thing in some of the the the, the seven on sevens or you know the team on team drills that they were able to do again, no contact allowed, so they're still very limited. But you know they were able to run with each other and stuff. Percy, you could see him kind of in his deep zone, kind of, you know, he's the guy who's supposed to keep the lid on the offense and and never let a guy get behind him. So he was very, his vision looked very good. He was very adaptable to what was going on. And when the ball came low, even though they're not making tackles, you saw him react quick. He read the play, saw the ball come out, reacted quickly, closed down on what would have been the receiver. Obviously, no contact made, but he would have been in position to make a lot of those plays. And you like to see that effort from a rookie, you know, in, in his first experience because everybody knows you can't hit. So honestly, if you're just a stop, and not do anything, your coach would probably notice, but most other people probably wouldn't notice. But we did notice him going through the motions like he was going to go make the play, which is is a good sign. All right, coming up on the Locked On Commanders podcast, something the Commanders organization did for their gold season ticket holders that rang positive for us. We'll discuss next. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked On Commanders podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, it's literally impossible for your local chain auto parts store or your dealership to stock all the parts you're ever going to need. Instead, you're going to go up, you're going to go to the counter, and the guy behind the counter on the computer is just going to give you options based on the parts they already have because they have a deal in place with somebody to sell those parts, or they get a huge discount, which they rarely pass on to you. Or you can go to rockauto.com. If you've got access to a computer or a cell phone, you have access to one of the most comprehensive warehouses of auto parts. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or dealership than what you can get it for at rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with prices that are reliably low for every single customer. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Final segment here, the Locked On Commanders podcast. Chris Russell and David Harrison on Twitter at Russellmania621 at DHarrison82. The show at LO Commanders. And Chris, the uh, Washington Commanders reached out to some fans. They did a very nice thing and hosted a very fun day for some specific season ticket holders at Bush Gardens over the weekend. Yeah, so uh, this is an interesting one because normally this wouldn't be a big deal in, in, in I think most organizations, David. You know, like the whole idea is your best customers, you take care of them, right? Or your most frequent customers or your most loyal customers. I think that's how Americans should do business and do business. But for far too long, the Washington Commanders organization, whatever name, you know, have not treated, I think, ticket holders and season ticket holders, even regular season ticket holders with any other I guess, incentives or perks or what have you. And that's one thing that I've noticed from afar that's changed a lot under Jason Wright, the team president. So what they did was they hosted a bunch of gold season ticket holders uh, at Busch Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia on sun on Saturday. They had a bunch of alumni. Brian Mitchell was out there, Fred Smoot, so on and so forth. And Jason Wright tweeted, quote, season tickets extend uh, beyond pre and regular season commanders games, making year round memories for the Washington football family is a priority for decades. Burgundy and gold united this uniquely diverse area 
community building events like this aim to recapture that legacy. So basically what Jason is telling you is, listen, we understand the fan base is eroded. We're doing everything we can reasonably to try and incentivize you to come back, to be a family, to be a group, to be like part of something, a movement moving forward. Right. Um, the one thing that I would just stress here, I want to see them do this with as many season ticket holders as possible, David, not just gold, not just club seats, not just premium seating, you know, the ones that are the big fish, the ones that spend the real big money. Yeah. I want them to treat as many of the fans like they're welcome and like they're important. And they need to do more of this, basically, um, not just, again, the people that are spending the real high-end money, um, and that's what this organization has kind of done over the years mm -hmm. is they kind of separated the fan base, quite honestly. I yeah. used to see it all the time in the building. They would have these cocktail hours, these happy hours in the building with all sorts of booze and food, but it was only premium club seats and suite holders. They wouldn't even do it for the regular season ticket holders. So at least Jason and the commander's organization now are doing it for the gold season ticket holders. Yeah, I mean, you know, a little bit is 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 worth celebrating, but like you said, you want to see it also expand into into more initiatives, and hopefully right. that's what's going to happen. So, you know, the appreciation uh, for Jason Wright for the team, you know, making sure they reach out to the fans during the offseason, kind of say, look, you know, we understand the investment you're making, we understand the emotional investment you're making. Yeah. Uh, again, he he kind of writes goes in there right, making year round memories. Well, listen, you're going to need some of those May April memories because in October, November, you know, I mean, we've been down this road before yes. the memories getting made in October, November may not be as good. So you need some of that goodwill. Uh, we just call it hearts and minds. You know I mean? You need to win the hearts and minds of the people and they'll support you all, you know, all the way down the road. So, uh, yeah, so good to see it happening, but you know, and I think, uh, I mean, honestly, you know, it is a little bit of a class system, you know, and, and those things can kind of get a little bit toxic. So you just got to kind of, kind of balance it. But I think, you know, being a gold member or a club seat member versus, you know, uh, an upper bowl member or something like that. Like there, there's a little bit to that. I think that's, sure. that's okay. Right. You're, you are investing more of your, your own personal resources uh, into those tickets and, and all that, but just make sure that you're appreciating, you know, all of the season ticket holders who come in and make a year long investment uh, to your club. So, yeah, so it's, it's a good for, it's a good step, obviously in the right direction. And, and from my understanding, like nothing happened, you know, uh, there were no pictures of season ticket holders in front of porta potties or, or anything crazy. Uh, so they executed it well uh, also. But yeah, but definitely just make sure that that goodwill is being extended across uh, the fan base and even, you know, to the fans who who buy individual game. You know, every I think every fan has value, but, you know, you can't be I don't think you can expect to be the guy who you know buys, you know, a preseason game every uh, or ticket. So a preseason game every year just because you can go to the stadium and see the game. And it's a little bit cheaper and expect to get involved you know, in a, in a cocktail hour, like that's not really fair. No, no, you know no, no. I, mean? I, I, um, I, I totally agree with you on that. I'm just saying yeah, that, you yeah. know, there has to be like, and maybe it could be a different event or a different. Yeah, type exactly. Of a tailgate, or, a tailgating event, you know, free yeah. merch, a shirt, a hat, you know, I, I mean, yeah. All I mean, there's things. all sorts of ways to incentivize and to yeah. try and encourage people to buy. I mean, let's be honest. This is about buying season tickets, right? They don't have enough of those people. They're trying really hard to build that fan base back up. The way you do that is by freebies, by incentives, by perks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do it in radio all the time. We have a luxury suite at Capital One Arena. That's, you know, you want people to spend advertising dollars? That's where you take them, to wine yep. and dine them. Absolutely. So, yeah, so good first step. Just, you know, hope to see it continue 
uh, on down the road. Absolutely. All right. Coming up next on the next episode, uh, I'm going to get into this Jerry Jones, Dan Snyder, Roger Goodell, Papa John's story. Wait till you hear the deets on this. You're not going to believe it. Uh, even for this organization. Thanks to Todd and Utah for the voicemail. Thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day. Now make your second listen and view the Locked On NFL podcast. The schedule may be dark. It won't be dark for very long. We'll have the schedule out later on this week. But the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts like Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts representing all 32 squads. That would be us. There's no offseason for the real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If you want to hop in on the voicemail like Todd and Utah did, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or if you want to go, email LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell Ahmed Her Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. Thanks for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.